0: Thank you for tuning in to our Study of Philippians here on the Radio Bible Course. Yesterday we talked about how Jesus emptied himself or made himself of no reputation. That's in Philippians chapter 2. Paul wrote, Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Well, we pointed out that Jesus, when he was transfigured, as recorded in Luke chapter 9, revealed the glory which he had in the beginning. That was the glory which his humanity had hidden. But it was revealed on that mountain before a few of his apostles. Jesus was just as much deity while he was on earth as a king is who disguises himself as a beggar is still royalty. Christ became like other men. He had a body, a soul, and spirit, and he was a member of the human race. He was like Adam before the fall. He had to be, because he came to represent the entire race as Adam did. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Christ is referred to as the last Adam, who rescues us from the sin of the first Adam. Oh, the first Adam got us into trouble, but Jesus Christ came and solved the problem. By dying for us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17, we are told how he did it. It reads, If because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Ah, the gift of righteousness is free. And we're going to reign in life because we believe in Jesus Christ. Those are promises from the Word of God. Made in the likeness of men means that He was made like a creature. And verse 8 of Philippians chapter 2 explains that His appearance was identical to man. That word appearance or fashion in the King James Version is from the Greek word schemati, signifying mode, shape, and form. It's what men saw when they encountered Jesus. But he humbled himself, meaning he made submission to the Father. Before his death he prayed, Not my will, but thine be done. To pray that, he of necessity had to set aside His own will. Paul tells us in verse 8 that he became obedient to the point of death. Well in Romans chapter 5 verse 19 we have a commentary on this very obedience. Paul writes, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. He of course is comparing Adam with Jesus Christ. When Adam sinned, that sin passed on to all men, and therefore all men die. So by one man's obedience, that is, Jesus being obedient to the point of death, many will be made righteous. How many? All who believe. Whosoever will may come to the Father through Jesus. But, Only through Jesus. For the Son of God proclaimed that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except by him. Christ humbled himself. And that humbling was voluntary. He chose to die for sinful men. He chose to die for the very men who hated him. Men who abused him and ridiculed him. And those who wanted him killed unjustly. Yes, they were religious men too, but they wanted to take his life. Paul adds in Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 that he was obedient even to the point of death. Death on a cross. Do you think Paul's illustration here of Christ's humility made an impression on the independent, selfish attitudes in the Philippian church? Well, if it did not, I don't think anything could. There is no better way to get a Christian's attention, a Christian who might be proud or contemptuous, than to point out what Jesus was like. Human history has no match for this attitude of the Son of God. It's incredible. How can it be that God the Son died for me? I say that because I know me. I am unworthy. I was unworthy. And I always will be unworthy. But that's what the grace of God is all about. Grace means The favor of God to those who are undeserving and unworthy. We are saved by grace, and I thank God for that. Without his grace, none could be saved, because none is worthy. The death of the cross was the worst kind of a death to a Jew. It meant that the curse of God was on that man, and he was cut off from the covenant of God. Now, up to this point... Paul has been writing about the Son, the Son of God who emptied himself, who became a servant and died on the cross for men. But in verse 9, he begins telling of the Father's activity. And I read, beginning with that verse, Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. This result of Christ's humiliation is also intended to influence the attitudes found in Philippi. Paul seems to imply that men who exalt themselves on earth forfeit honor in heaven, and those who humble themselves here will be exalted by God hereafter. Twice in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus said these words, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. One of those statements came after Jesus had told the parable, and he told it to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. What an appropriate commentary on Philippians chapter 2. The parable is this. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Then Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. We can expect then that that tax collector will someday be exalted in the sight of God and men. Did Jesus teach his apostles to be humble? He certainly did. In Matthew chapter 20, he talked to them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, What Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 is an example of what Jesus told his disciples that the Spirit would do when he came. He said, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus' teachings then in Matthew chapter 20 were given to Paul by the Spirit so he could write them to the Philippians. And by those words... The Spirit glorified Jesus Christ. In verse 9, Paul writes, Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. It begins with therefore. What is said next is a consequence of what was said before. In other words, God exalted him because of his complete obedience. And what name was bestowed on him? I don't think this statement refers to a name as we know a name. Because in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, we have a hint of what is meant. Paul wrote, And God made him sit at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things. Well, it says he was exalted above every name that is named. Now, other men had the name Jesus. And today there are men whose name is Jesus, particularly in South America. That name was given to Jesus at birth. Here, however, the bestowal of the name must mean what the word name represents. And the word name in the Bible represents the total person. An exalted name refers to a position or office of authority, which is demanding of worship, Praise and glory. God exalted him over every living creature in every possible place. The name Jesus is an identification of this person for humans. His authority, however, is Lord. His glory is God. He is sovereign in the universe. And Paul writes that every knee will bow before him. Muslims... Buddhists, liberals who said he was only a man, all the proud men of the world, the Bible rejectors of the universe and every king, president, and peasant, whether they're on the earth or even creatures above the earth, angels in heavenly places will bow and those below the earth, confined evil spirits and those Christ-rejecting spirits of unredeemed men, God is determined that everyone will bow to his Christ, the Son of Man, the Savior of the world. Did you know that the book of Daniel is the key to understanding biblical prophecy? A popular Bible handbook declares that apart from this book, the great themes of New Testament prophecy cannot be unlocked. Our teaching tapes on Daniel will be of help to you right to Dave. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calipota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.